Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it adds to the tale. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master Kevin. Want to thank everybody out there in Twitch land for joining us on the live stream. Uh, going around the table today, our players, Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And John. You have Leia Lunadas, I'm a monk. They know he's good looking because he's always cooking. It makes you thirsty That's how like that works. pickled eggs. I'm trying to come up with something new every week, Kevin. God. <laughs> that was just too good. <laughs> and uh, Shane. I'm Shane playing Alexander the Human Bird. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the Eldritch Knight Dragonborn. All right. And joining us this week, our special guest, Joel, the Atlanta Game Master. Joel, tell us a uh, little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Hey, thanks for letting me join the group this week. I really appreciate it. Um, so we offer services to run games for birthday parties for kids and teenagers, also corporate events and uh, private groups if people are looking for someone to put together a next level game. Or you've just got a group of people who want to play and nobody wants to step up and DM. Uh, so we offer those services. We also have a blog that we are uh, putting regularly scheduled content up on um, some of the things are puzzles some of which we'll be using in the game today also uh, different character options different NPC options things like that stuff to help people have a good time yep and uh, that's sort of how uh, we met is on a Dungeons and Dragons group you had posted some excellent puzzle content and I reached out to you uh, about a possible sponsorship or not sponsorship partnership and uh, hopefully we'll be doing a lot more of these. Yes, sponsor us. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll be doing a lot more of these in the future that will be released as bonus episodes where uh, we run through some of the great puzzles that you've uh, created. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I think puzzles especially seems to be an area where there's not a lot of community content yet. So it's something that I'm hoping I can start adding to the community more. Yeah, it definitely fills a, uh, a hole that is out there in content that I've noticed. And uh, where can people find you if uh, they want to get a hold of you? Well, we are on uh, Facebook. If you just do a search for Atlanta Game Master, we've got a page set up there. I'm also on um, Twitter. Uh, it's at Luinitis, which is L-L-E-W-I-N-A-D-A-S. Uh, it, it's a play on the Welsh word for lion and Leonidas that I came up with at some point in my gaming history. So um, you can find me there as well. It also shows up as Atlanta Game Master as who the, who the person there is. So I think you can just look for it by looking for those keywords as well. And uh, we have a website, although I was uh, using the Wix service for the website and it has disappeared recently. Uh, gone and never to be found from again. So I'm working on getting that back up and running. Alrighty, well, uh, thanks a lot for being here. Uh, we're just going to jump right into the uh, the episode. Um, the last time on um, Dungeons & Debacles podcast, you guys found yourselves going through the Feywild when you came upon this uh, ruined town. Inside it, you found a bunch of uh, will-o'-wisps that uh, were running around, and um, you were able to dispatch several of those. Uh, Talia would know at this point that there are several left in this uh, this ruined town um, when she did her little recon in bat mode. Um, right now you find yourselves near the, the outer gates of uh, this town. Um, I believe you took a short rest and um, you are ready to leave the area. 
So, uh, is that what you're doing? I believe so, yes. Yep. Indeed. Alright, so, uh, you gather up your things, and, uh, you lead your, uh, horses, uh, back through these ruins carefully, um, to avoid the will-o'-wisps that are in this town. And, uh, let's move back over to the Feywild map real quick. So, can everybody see that? So, you are going to exit the, the town here where I am pinging on the back edge here. Can everybody see my ping? Yep. Yep. Um, so, you are leaving this, this ruined town and you are traveling up through this path through the woods. And um, after about probably 40 minutes or so, you are going to reach a clearing. You are going to reach this clearing, and uh, the clearing itself probably looks like it's only about maybe a quarter mile in diameter. You are going to see several ruined um, buildings and statues, and uh, towering above that, you are going to see this, what appears to be like a ruined shrine that is covered in vines. Um it kind of looks like a pyramid in shape, but kind of squared off, kind of like a, like Aztec pyramids. Um, it rises maybe about uh, 150 feet in the air. And let me move you over to another map. It's maps, 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 maps. Maps, bam. Map. Don't I'm a pretty map. Tell. And a map, 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 and a map, map, map. <laughs> that was a palindrome. Maps, man. All right. And uh, everybody see the map? Yep. 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 All right. So um, you are going to enter down here where I'm pinging. Before you, you see a wall that is crumbled stone that at one point uh, appears to have maybe been 20 feet in height. There is a large stone arch. Um, that appears to have served as a gate at one point. Um, it itself probably rises 30 feet in the air. Um, you are going to see some ruined wood that is hanging off uh, this double door through this gate to either side, but the, uh, the wood is long since crumbled and ruined. Are you going inside, or what do you want to do at this point? Why is there a giant dragon skeleton? Is that actually there? Yes. So, uh... We're going to start gathering bones. <laughs> dragon so, skeleton on back. As you, uh... I mean, uh, if you're just gonna leave really incredibly valuable stuff lying around, I mean... So, uh, as you walk, walk through this, uh, gate inside, you're gonna see, um, there's quite a bit of trees, uh, but the, <laughs> the one feature that really sticks out is there appears to be a skeleton of a large, probably adult dragon that is like half in the the buried in the earth and the other half sticking out. It appears to be very, very old. There are vines and uh, pieces or uh, like trees, saplings that have begun to uh, like grow up on the uh, the outer edges. But for the most part. Uh, immediately around the skeleton there is a large fissure in the ground um, that if you got closer you could look down into it appears to be maybe about 20 feet deep but in the area like directly uh, around the skeleton it appears to be like uh, barren like something had destroyed the plant life here so are there good reasons to start gathering bits and pieces of dragon skeleton. They're valuable magic stuff, right? Uh, give me an arcana check. Luno will not do well. Luno did surprisingly well. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't know that the bones are particularly valuable for anything except for maybe like trophies or curiosity seekers. Uh, anything that would have been of like, uh, alchemical or uh, magical use like uh, skills or blood or eyes or organs have long since uh, 
either been picked clean or rotted away. Boo. No dragon bone knuckles for Luno. Well, I mean, you could most certainly gather those and have something uh, created from those. Not worth it. And no, we're not taking that dragon skull for your collection, Talia. <laughs> um, I disagree. We could use it to cover the cart, turn it into a covered wagon. Exactly, it's very... People would very definitely useful. know not to fuck with us, right? It would 100% fit in that bag of holding, right? right? <laughs> 100%. Turn it sideways, you know, maneuver it in, you know, get it around the corner like... One piece at a time. The, uh, well, the Juliet's sc- going to take a... L- Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that the skull pop- itself is probably about uh, three and a half to four feet in length and probably about uh, three feet wide. So oh, even yeah, with... Yeah, we can totally carry that. Yeah, but I don't think even with your uh, your big pinch bag um, <laughs> bag of holding, uh, it wouldn't fit in there. But it would fit on the cart. It would. Well, Juliet, do we want to try looting a dragon corpse? Uh, yes, yes, we are. Yeah, absolutely. For we other are bits. checking like, what's over the there. Things. Okay. So, are you going to take the head? Uh, no. Let's be let's be practical. Just the fangs. <laughs> okay, give me a uh, survival check. Oh yay! I'm great at those. Can we tell what kind of dragon it is? Like chromatic. Um, Give me, give me a, uh, give me an Arcana check, or maybe a History check. I am going to assist Alunadas with my knowledge of dragons, because I am a Dragonborn and I worship Tiamat. If that's all right. Uh, yeah. Also, I got a fifteen on my Survival check. Okay, and I got um, an eighteen on my History check. <laughs> All right, so uh, Talia, you're able to remove these fangs with uh, no issue. Um, they're smooth and talon-like, and each one of them is probably about eight inches long, like the big ones. And then there's you know some smaller ones towards the back. They're probably like three or four inches long. But we'll say all in total, you're able to gather about 20 dragon's teeth. Yay, those sound like uh, new daggers to me. Uh, Luna, um... You, um, the the hide of the end scales of this dragon are, are long gone, so you can't really tell um, what kind of dragon it was. Dragon it was from the outside, but uh, with an eighteen, um, given the the skull shape here and like how the the horns or the bony horns are formed, you think this may have been a green dragon. Green dragon. I don't know what that means. Why would a green dragon be out here in the middle of this, the Feywild at this temple? Well, I mean, green dragons live in the forest. That racist, but okay. <laughs> um. So, what is inside this fissure? Uh, give me a perception check. Fish. That was a 13. Um, with kind of the, the, the low light here, you look down into this fissure, and you can see that a large part of this seems to be formed by some sort of, like, great impact or something. But um, some of the, the places near the uh, head of this dragon appear to have been corroded away as if by acid or something. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but you don't really see anything else down in here. Does anyone else have anything they would like to do? Otherwise, we can kind of move on. I would like to take a short rest since I am at a, about a quarter of my max HP. We actually did take a short rest at that. last session, so go and roll yeah, your hit dice and whatnot. That makes sense. And recover your uh, spell slots and all that. Uh, I don't know if you actually recover spell slots on a short rest, but... I, I did gets... not, but I do regain my Bardic Inspiration points to give. Yes. That's good. And uh, did everybody take uh, your Song of Rest dice? 
Uh, I think so we're all at full. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I got hit last session with anything, so... I have no idea what my HP was. Hold on, I can tell That's you. not a good sign. Shouldn't you mark it down? Well, we moved over to this map and my token disappeared. Oh, you don't mark it on your character sheet. Okay. Uh, let's see. Alexander's health was 26 out of 64. Uh, Luna's yours was 43 out of 63. And Nifron was 92 out of 108. What, had I not gotten hit like I suspected? Uh, no, you are 49 out of 56. Alright. I will roll two hit die. And then you get a bonus 1d4 from Song of uh, Rest, I want to say. Uh, shouldn't that be 1d6 at your level? Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing it up right now. So I get 3d6 because I'm using two hit die? Yeah, it's 1d6 and then it goes up to d8 at ninth level. Uh, yeah, so 1d6 for his song and then for your hit die, since you're a rogue, that's a d8. Right, I knew I was forgetting something. There. I am marked. We are actually mathematical geniuses. Puzzles stand no chance in our wake. Dude, it's Alright, uh, so is there anything else you want to do during the short rest, or are you just taking uh, hit die? I don't think I have anything other than uh, using hit dice. Okay. Alright, so you take your short rest uh, over here beside this uh, dragon hanging out, looking at it. Um, so, what are we doing now? I pooped in the in the fissure. Alright, uh, should we go up to the temple? Yeah, things are making our way towards the temple. Did you wipe? I don't have to. He's Roll vegan. for wipe. So vegetarian. <laughs> Just slides right out of you. Twenty. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, Luno takes his constitutional, and uh, you guys start walking up towards the temple. Actually. And uh, the uh, the temple is somewhat shaped like a pyramid, like I said before. Um, there appears to be maybe three levels to this thing. Um, there is a level that is about 20 feet tall. Um, there are some runes and writing carved on the outside of it. You're also going to see some murals of uh, what appears to be elves in uh, various, uh, like, you know, combat situations, fighting mythical creatures. Um, there is a set of steep steps here that go up to the second level. As you uh, climb those steps, um, the level here uh, empties out into a platform. Um, this whole temple itself at its base is probably about maybe 150 feet to a side. As you reach this uh, upper level, it's probably about maybe 80 feet hit this second level and um, it's much the same stone flooring um, there's some cobblestones here there are these squarish supports um, each one is probably about five feet by five feet that's holding up the second level and um, there is a uh, like wall um, inside of this that is uh, basically like a square and the upper level here uh, works as kind of like a, a roof to it. As you, uh, you walk around here, the walls appear to have much the same uh, murals and depictions of uh, these elves and all their glory in battle. And then you are going to come across a archway with a door. This is where I am going to let Joel take over. Thank you, sir. So as you approach, you come up to this giant bronze slab. Um, it's, it's a doorway only in shape. There's no obvious hinge. There's no obvious handle or opening mechanism. There's no lock. But covered in it is 
extremely detailed carvings of what looks to be fairy people, fae, and also people from the normal plane of existence where you all came from. Uh, it seems to be broken into two separate sections. There's a section above and there's a section below. And above you see, it looks like a really, really great party. There's food, there's dancing, there's laughing, there's merriment. Um, mixed in among all of the fairy people, there are uh, humans, there are elves, there are halflings, all of the common folk of the mortal plane uh, dancing with each other, laughing with each other. And at the top, there is a, what appears to be a portal in the ground or maybe a glassy pond surrounded by three guards in armor and three women of varying ages, young, middle, and elderly, all dressed in fine regalia and each wearing an identical crown upon their head. Below the center line, uh, there is a very, very different scene. It's icy. It's, um, it, it gives off the feeling of the coldest winter, just looking at it. And you see more fae and more mortal folk. Uh, but in this case, the mortal folk are clearly being tortured. There are falling under the whip, they're being thrown into cages. Some of them are even being used as as furniture, chairs or footstools or tables or even beds. And uh, the Fae seem to be getting great enjoyment out of torturing and terrorizing all of these poor uh, mortal folk. And again, at the bottom of the great uh, arch-shaped bronze slab, there is another uh, similar portal or, or glassy pond of, of water uh, surrounded by three men in armor and three women of varying ages uh, wearing a different crown, but all wearing the same, all three of them wearing a crown that's identical to each other, but different from the crowns at the top. Um, surrounding the border of this big uh, bronze slab, there is writing in the Sylvan language. Uh, can anybody here speak Sylvan? I can cast Comprehend Languages and find out. I think Alexander can do the same. I will cast Comprehend Language to uh, read what it says. Okay. Uh, easy enough. Oh, hold on. Luno played the drums in high school. It's pretty similar. Easy enough. So, casting Comprehend Languages, the words and the letters rearrange themselves so that you can understand them and you read a little couplet and it, it reads the fool may dance and the sluggard dream a randy man does things unseem in every case a bargain struck requires wile and wit and luck darkness and cold or light and heat we hold to every word we speak but what you hear or think you saw may not be what you think at all. I will uh, read this aloud to the party. Seems like a whole lot of riddle speaking, if you ask me. I am pretty sure the last part represents references some sort of illusory thing, if not magic outright. It mentions uh, things that may not uh, actually exist but that you see. So, I don't know about the rest of it. Can any of you interpret um, anything else? I also put the uh, text of this in um, Roll20 chat and in Discord, so you may read it. All right. So, it's a party up top and torture down bottom. So, we're looking at an inverse mullet. So, <laughs> I was going to say fantasy mullet. <laughs> Hey, Julia, do you have anything to see through illusions? Or uh, be able to see magic if there is any? I certainly can. Um, Juliet will cast Detect Magic and take a look at the door and see if any parts of it or if the whole thing is magical. All right, so you absolutely sense magic. Um, not only do you sense magic coming from the door, 
Uh, you also sense magic in the floor beneath you and in the uh, ceiling above you. Hmm. Okay. Ceiling. Oh, probably a trap if we fuck up. I have um, speak with undead. We could probably go try and question the dragon if that's uh, a thing you guys might be interested in. I don't think that... the dragon would come to this temple or fit inside. Yeah, but it might be. It might have been here whenever um, they were constructing these uh, these things, or whoever was here before us left. Just throwing it out there as a possibility. Uh, Darkness and cold, or light and heat. Do we want to try lighting a fire? Bringing a torch up to the door. Juliet, breathe on it. I, I can just use magic. I don't need to waste my breath on it. Uh, so Juliet is going to cast a firebolt at this door. Nothing hitting it per- in anything in particular, just firing it off. All right. So uh, heat doesn't have any direct impact. Um, it does illuminate the entire panel uh, a little bit better. Uh, than it was when you first approached it, of course, and so I would allow a perception check to see if any details stand out. My time to, well, not necessarily shine, but to look while shining. Aww. 18. For natural one. But Juliet notices that. <laughs> uh, so an 18 is certainly good enough. As it illuminates, you step closer and you notice that every figure in this doorway is cast in, in infinitely exquisite detail. They, they almost look lifelike, but they're obviously much, much smaller than real people. Um, but one of the things you notice is that the, the I want to, not humans, the mortals in the upper panel uh, where the dancing and the celebration is occurring all have faces which express pain and fear while all of the mortals in the bottom panel have faces which express joy and pleasure. Hey guys, uh, this thing's a little little more detailed than I think we gave it credit for. The guys on top are, uh, have like scared faces while they're looking happy, and then the guys on the bottom look have uh, happy faces while doing all this uh, brutal stuff. Hmm. Juliet is going to run her hand across some of these engravings or carvings or whatever they are on this door and just kind of feel around if there's any loose spots or if anything reacts. Absolutely. Can you make an investigation check for me? And if anybody wishes to step up and help you, you can do that with advantage. I would like to help. All right. That is a 12. Oh, I did not roll with advantage. Oh, that kind of helping. That is a natural 20 for a 23. Excellent. So what you notice is that not every fey figure, but many of them are standing on ornately carved sylvan letters, which you can still read because your spell is still in effect. I think it lasts 10 minutes. The letters are cleverly hidden among the details of the mural, but as you move your hands and feel you're able to make them out, and then it becomes more and more obvious. Um, You also notice that the exact same letters are duplicated on both the upper and the lower half of the mural, and they seem to be able to be pressed in. Uh, There's there's a list of letters which I will go ahead and paste into the uh, Roll20 chat. Awesome. Weo, Ia, Kultu, Sebra, Duke, Ritula, Vedunig, Bitopathir? I think I got that right. It's obviously the Doctor <laughs> Who theme song. Yeah, works perfectly. Okay, so um, judging by the fact that there's pressable letters in this kind of random arrangement, either it's some sort of cipher or it needs to be rearranged some way. And by pressing in the correct sequence, it will open the door. That's the, the theory. So as a group, if you want, if this is something you guys enjoy, you're welcome to sort of try to figure out what the letters might rearrange into on your own. 
Uh, if you have a skill that you feel would be applicable for your character, sell me on it, and I'll let you make a roll. O is E. Well, assuming it's a cipher, O would be E. It's the common one. Lots of double O's. But I'm, I'm seeing, like, I don't know. I feel like I see something, but I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, uh, and just to clarify, I think on the last line of the little, um, little poem thing that it says, uh, but what you hear or think you saw may not be what you think at all. I think that might refer to the faces of the um, of the figures mm-hmm. once it's lit up. Okay, so if this is related to the riddle, um, perhaps, perhaps we have to type in words that are... That answer each sentence. The, a solution, if you will. Or maybe we need to look for opposites. Like, what's the opposite of a dancing fool? Maybe. Let me get an insight check from each of you. 20. A 10. <laughs> also, also a 10. Okay, so 20 <laughs> is the high roll. Okay, so uh, with a 20, as you're looking at this, it starts to click a little bit, and uh, you are able to start making out words, not so much as a cipher, but as a word scramble. Um, so I will give you three of the words that stand out to you. You get the word choose, you get the word heat, and you get the word die. Where's a pencil and paper when you need one? So I'm, I'm opening up a Word document like a fool because I don't have paper and pencil. Um, That's fine. If there are any other uh, skills that you feel might be applicable, uh, let me know and, and we can discuss whether or not that would apply. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm uh, 12. In, Talia is 12. Uh, I don't think she has any really good skills for this. Stab the door. Stab the door. Right, yeah, can I stab the door? Does that do anything? Talia had uh, just stabbed the door, correct? Uh, I was, I was kind of kidding. There's no I real division among the words. So Yeah, I uh, posted proud, wheat, row, lord, there's, so I'm noodle. Sorry. I think there's noodles. It, see, so when I look at it, it feels like it's actually two sentences that have been shuffled together. But I, that can't... That can't be true, right? Oven. Table. Uh, give me an intelligence check. Were are you talking to someone in specific? Excellent, excellent. Um, it looks like one... Uh, one sentence, but there may be two separate thoughts within that same sentence, uh, and you're able to decipher two other words. Yay! Oh. Help. Uh, the word cold and the word both, B-O-T-H. For those keeping score at home, that is choose, heat, die, cold, and both. The password is... Those were the leftover letters. I did not put spaces in them because I'm a fool. I also have the leftover letters on Discord, which I'm updating. Uh, you should probably put those in Roll20 chat so uh, viewers at home can see Hannah them did. as well. Yeah, Hannah did that. Okay. Here they are with spaces, so it's easier to see. Let's see, I see the word tower. No more noodle. Bugger. <laughs> oh, um... Since we have cold and heat, and there's this kind of duality depicted on the door, perhaps there are two thoughts, one positive and warm, and the other kind of cold and negative. And in the um, in the riddle, it also seems to depict a dichotomy of sorts. Uh, there's dancing and dreaming, two opposites. Uh, there's kind of cold and heat, darkness and light. Maybe these are the words we should be searching for. I think dance is in there. I'm sure dream... Well, I don't see an M, but... We're out of Ds. I know you want the D, but there's no more D. <laughs> Got him. Damn. Got me good. <laughs> Lower, tower, boat, clo, clower, 
brown borrow boob of course you would find that word why <laughs> why wouldn't you find that word goober there's not a u among these letters right i this is like a complete jumble to me oh, i am yeah. terrible at scrabble and everything so yeah um, i always lose this scrabble so how Love, would we how would we best figure out if we have seen a letter like i don't i i'm trying to eliminate word letters without eliminate it's a long story never mind uh is it possible that your bard might have some inspiring words to offer inspiring words like hmm. i feel like you're giving me a hint but uh i'm too much of a goofball to understand what bark inspiration hey julia how about you take another look at the words i will blast my bagpipes in your ear so that you're bardically inspired <laughs> oh that's that's very helpful i'm sure i'll be able to concentrate 100 percent with that I will assume you all are working together at this, so let's call it investigation with advantage and with bardic inspiration. Sure, I will make that check. Say 14. It's a a bonus d8 from inspiration. Oh, right. It's a 3. So a 17 total. All right. So with that and with an extensive amount of time after about an hour has gone by, uh, the group is able to piece together heat above or cold below, choose one to die or both to grow. Okay, that's what I was thinking. We need to cast a cold spell on one side and a heat spell on the other. Or unless we can do heat and cold without magic. I've got rare frost. Well, I already tried casting a peat spell on it and that didn't seem to do anything. We have letters to press in. I think that's the answer. Um, can we... Uh, so... So it, the, the letters are pr- pressable? Uh, there are... The exact same letters are mirrored on both the top and the bottom. And the letters... You haven't pushed them in, but from examining them, they appear to be as though they would press in. Um, and as a group, everyone can go ahead and roll an insight check to try to piece together what you're supposed to do with the puzzle at this point. I will blast uh, Juliet's ear with more inspiration. Oh god. It's another 17. Alunadas got the same, so... I got a 3 because I'm super helpful. Um, can I see if anything else looks pressable? Absolutely. Um, make an investigation check. Nope, I'm useless. Nope, just those letters. Uh, but with a group total that is above 15 as a group, you are all able to sort of figure out things with the Fae are always more than they seem and a little more complicated than they seem. And this insistence on balancing the top and the bottom, the heat and the cold, the light and the dark, seems to imply that the letters need to be pressed in sequence one above, one below, one above, one below. Uh, choose both to grow, because if you choose one, you might die. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do we just type in the... Or type in... You know what I mean? Uh, press in the word both, maybe? I don't know. I don't think there's an H, is there? Yeah, that's... The whole phrase is from the letters that we were given is... No, there is an H, you're right. One fire, both to grow, yeah. Uh, That's a good point. I mean, try it. I'll stand back, but... uh... (laughs) Well, it would... I I mean, I'm I'm short, so it would require two people to press in all all of the letters. Have you tried not being short? I have... It didn't work out for me, though. Okay. I I guess I'm, like, mildly tall. I can help. Okay, one person presses heat on top, the other person presses cold on the bottom. Oh, I thought, oh, I we, thought were we were typing, typing in the word, word both. both. Oh, that's even better. Because yeah, if, be, if it has to be like the same on the top and the bottom, because it's all about balance. Or maybe I'm just wrong both and, and we're going to die. Nice. Um, uh, are you, are I will press, in, press uh, the letters at the same time. Yeah, How's so that sound? Yeah, the pre- press the, the letters at the same time uh, for, like, B, and then O, and then T, and then H. Do you mean grow? Oh, uh, both. Yeah, both. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
like you're turning the keys on the submarine. Exactly like that. <laughs> Both probably the same consequences. Okay, so let me make sure that I understand correctly what you're describing. You are going to press the B either on the top or the bottom, and then press the O with the opposite place, and then the T. No, the- we're we're gonna press the B on both places, and the O on both places, and the T on both sides, and the H on both sides, unless yeah, they are actually spread, like synchronized typing in the word on both sides. That doesn't work. We can press B O T H. So uh, you're starting uh, with the top letter, the bottom letter. Uh, we're doing it at the same time. Yeah, they're pressing in the letters B at the same time, both on the top and the bottom. Uh, presumably, Alexander is pressing the B at the top, and Talia is pressing the B at the bottom, and they're going to press it simultaneously. And they're going to do that with the entire sequence, spelling out both. Um, I think that's what they're trying to do. Please let me know if I am that is- getting that wrong. That is exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, it's probably going to be wrong, but okay. that's fine. So that's fine. So um, what happens in that case is as you both sort of time it three, two, one, press, the letters slide in just a bare millimeter and then stop moving. And they don't, it feels like they should be able to go in farther, but they, they don't. Okay, so we are incorrect. Oh, Maybe we have to do heat on top, cold on bottom, because um, it's giving you a choice in the first uh, portion of the sentence, saying that heat above or cold below. Um, If we do one of them, it's probably going to kill us, but if we do both of them, it should do something, yeah? Maybe. I will uh, type in heat on the top. And I will type in cold on the bottom. Or at least try. Okay. Um, so are you trying to do it like in sequence again, or is one person typing one and then one person typing the other? I think we should do it synchronized. Same. Okay. So the letters do go in, and as you push in the last letter... Um, uh, you got to have your push to talk out. in. No, you cut out. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not used to it. Sorry. Using the expressiveness. My as you press in the final combination of those two words, the ceiling above you opens, and you feel gravity disappear for a moment, and you're all flung upward into a circle of flame that appears above you momentarily. 20 feet up, 10 feet up, you pass through the circle, and then gravity reinitiates itself, and you fall 20 feet down through the fiery circle again. I'd, I'd just like to note that in chat, I did say I'm going to stand back way back. So <laughs> yeah, you guys can take your damage. Uh, so it's a, it's a 20 foot by 20 foot space that opens up. So were you that far back? I guess 20 feet is probably close. So Or too, too close. For, or no, I would be standing she didn't back up that. that so yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so... You each take 2d6 falling damage. That falling damage, unfortunately, cannot be mitigated. Uh, and 2d6 fire damage, which you can roll a constitution save to take half damage on. Um, I'll go ahead and roll the damage for both. Okay, what about Luno being a monk on the falling damage? So the second one would be the fall damage. And I need a constitution save of 15 to save on the fall damage. You mean the heat? fire damage? Star, yes. I mean on the fire damage. Uh, so the fire damage is the first one, and the second one is the fall damage. Okay. Uh, Kevin, would, would you be able to move us to the next thing so that we can input our um, health values to our tokens? Uh, yes. Hold on. Thank you. I cast Absorb Elements, but I realized I already have fire resistance, so I guess I just wasted a spell slot, but... Uh... <laughs> All right, that falling damage is pretty pretty brutal. Well, you do get to absorb some of that for a future attack, though, don't you? Uh, yes, but the attack only lasts one round. So unless I plan to burn down this door... Uh... Fair enough. Okay, so I failed on the fire. The fire was the 11 damage? Correct. 
I think I only saw one success. Yeah, I got an 18. Now, as for falling damage, Luna's a monk. Can he avoid that falling damage or no? Uh, Normal monk abilities would absolutely apply. Okay, then. No falling damage there. But Juliet and Talia took 18. Ow. So I think we should go B-O-T-H. Or B-O-T-H. Can, can we alternate from top to bottom? That seems like... That's what I'm thinking. So I will just say before you make that decision um, that having experienced one of the uh, negative effects of, or possibly I should say the negative effect of triggering the spell or the door incorrectly, uh, you can all make a group insight check again to see if looking it over one more time, do you have anything else that comes to mind? Who would like to make that insight? Oh, John made the insight check. Okay. So we both did check. Everybody, everybody <laughs> make the check. No, everyone makes a check. Okay. The group average will be your total. Basically a god. Seven. Wow. So our We're bringing you down. Uh. This is glorious. I'm excited, guys. Our average just under two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so B-O-T-H seems like a great idea. Julia is going to stand even further back. I don't know. Don't leave it with me. You're trying to push buttons. I will push the buttons. I will push all the buttons. I feel like if we push the buttons with only one person in there, it will be more efficient. Yeah, I'm running short on hit points here, guys. I'm going I'm to stand back with Julia. I push the buttons. B-O-T-H. Standing at this point? Uh, Juliet is standing 30 feet away, potentially, if, if <laughs> at all possible, standing on the stairs out of the, uh, <laughs> out of the reach of this, uh, level. I'm staying. Uh, Juliet has, um, well, had, uh, detect magic up before it took you guys an hour. Uh, to that was out. I, Juliet. Um, so... You can recall well enough where the magical field was emanating from that it, it pretty much lined up on the ceiling with the size of that trap. And there was a similarly sized space on the floor. Given that, you could logically choose to stand a little farther back than that if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, that's that's the idea. Okay, so I have Juliet standing uh, outside of the area of magical effect to the best of her ability, as well as, was it Alexander? Yep. And what about Talia? Um, Talia's going to stand with Juliet. Okay, and then is it Alunadas? Yep. Okay. So B-O-T-H, and the uh, last letter is on the bottom section, and a pit opens up beneath you, and you fall 20 feet onto icy spikes. So the same fall damage as well as 2d6 ice damage, which can be halved with a dexterity save. Okay. 19 on the dex save. Okay, so my first roll would be the fall damage, and the second roll would be the ice damage, which you half successfully with the roll of 19. And um, were you the monk? Yep. So no fall damage, so you just take five points of ice damage as you get cut by one of these icy spikes, but you manage to dodge out of the way before you uh, impale yourself on one. You are, however, 20 feet into a pit right now. Yep. I yell up, that didn't work, guys. You <laughs> are don't you still stuck say. down there? No. So there is about a one-foot space uh, sort of between the pit and the doorway, as well about, as obviously there's floor space all the way around the other side as well. The door opened? That might have worked. I can't see him down here. The door did not open. Juliet is going to toss a rope down to Alunidas to pull him out. Thank you. Okay, give me one more deck save, save to move through these icy spikes without cutting yourself on them. 17. So that's perfectly fine. Hey, Alunidas? Yeah? Or rather, uh, John, don't you have evasion? Oh, right. So, with evasion, would that have negated the spike damage entirely? Uh, yeah, successful save uh, uh, removes all damage, I believe. Okay, then. So, I took no damage falling down there. It's good to be a monk. <laughs> 
So as you pull yourself back up and out of the pit, it closes beneath you, and the door still stands. And I will allow another insight check. Everyone as a group, please make a check with advantage, having made multiple mistakes here and learned from each of them. 20. 21. 13. Okay, so those are some good rolls. <laughs> uh, so given uh, the experiences that, you, uh, that you've gone through here over the last 15 minutes or so, um, the only thing that you can think of really that you haven't tried that seems to make sense is spelling out the entire phrase that the word scramble spells out. Uh, but you still think that that alternating back and forth thing seems to be a smart choice to make. I hate fairies. Right. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and start spelling it out. So where is everyone? Standing? We're we're all standing far, far yeah, away. Yeah, we are all standing yep. way back. Letter by letter. 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 Okay. Giving my moral support from uh, an adequate distance away with Juliet. <laughs> okay. So as you do so, uh, starting either at the top or the bottom, but alternating back and forth and spelling out the entire phrase, you reach the end of it, and all of the letters begin to light up and glow, and then the edge of the portal lights up as well and shimmers for a moment and then simply disappears. And in front of you, there is a short hallway, and at the edge of that hallway, there appears to be a very large room that opens up that is tiled in large, like, five to ten foot wide uh, green and white squares. I'd just like to say, if this trap was just something that activated three times and the third time it worked, regardless of what you typed in, I think that'd be fucking (laughs) genius. So I think that's probably a pretty good place to end it for right now, and we will join back next week with part two of this face shrine puzzles with atlanta game master joel uh thanks so much for everybody for listening thanks for listening to another episode of the dungeons and debacles podcast if i could ask a halfling size favor give us a five-star rating and review on itunes it's the best way to support us new episodes come out every monday so make sure to check your podcast app if you have an idea to make the podcast better tell us about it on twitter or facebook you can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Looking for magical items but don't want to pay premium prices? Come on down to the Magic Menagerie. We buy direct from the Tower of Insight and pass the savings on to you. We have a wide selection of cloaks, rings, amulets, or weapons. And if we don't have exactly what you're looking for... We can get it in one business day. Looking for custom magical items? We can do that too. Our team of consultants can work with you to get what you want at the fraction of the price of the other guys. So visit the Magic Menagerie on the Isle of Insight. It's worth the journey. The music you heard on this episode was Shadowlands 1, Horizon, and Shadowlands 5, Antichamber, by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0.